This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm great. Happy Easter, my friend. Same to you. And uh, we're welcome. Uh, it's going to be a full house this morning. Uh, we've got uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf Buffalo Sabre big Yankee fan, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou, and happy morning, Easter. Gen- morning, gentlemen, and happy Easter to all of you. Thank you. And also joining us in studio, the ultimate Leafs fan. Of course, we're talking about Mike Wilson. Mike's been a friend of the show. We got him in studio this morning. Mike. Welcome, and happy Easter to you as well. Happy Easter to you guys, too, and uh, glad to be here again as usual. It's a privilege having all you guys. It, it should shape up to be some uh, some uh, fireworks in studios this morning, if any of the pregame, uh, if the pregame hijinks uh, uh, give us any indication where we're going with this. But, Naz, uh, the boys of summer are back. Yeah, you had to bring that one up first. <laughs> Mr. So, Yankee beside me. Here. Mr. Yankee, we'll get to Mr. Yankee. Mr. Yankee will give him his opportunity. But uh, Naz, the Blue Jays, uh, to be fair, um, um, I'm not so sure uh, we're headed towards a great season. Hope springs eternal, and we certainly hope the, for the best. But given uh, given the offseason moves or lack thereof, how would you analyze this season for the Jays? It's hard to gauge what they signed and what they're going to get out of the guys they signed. But uh, pitching looks good. Offense not as good. That's probably, that bears it, I think. Mike, uh, we'll give you, as a Jays fan, we're going to leave, uh, <laughs> leave Lou for last. Uh, uh, he's going to get his uh, New York Yankees shots in. But, uh, Mike, you wrote an interesting blog piece. Uh, about the Jays and uh, analyzing uh, where, where you see they're going, and not not only from from the uh, from the perspective of the product they're putting on the field, um, you know the, you can be critical there, but uh, some people are starting to be critical of management. Uh, some some of the moves that they make. So first of all, on the field, and uh, I know you've brought up some interesting issues uh, in terms of some criticisms you might have. Of uh, the management, the front office, and some of the moves that they've made. Well, the, the thing about it is, is that as a fan, you like to see visibility and you like to have vision. And management, in my estimate, since they've come on board in 2015, has lacked that. And what you have is it almost looks like to me it's been piecemeal, putting piece, filling holes with has-beens or, you know, somebody's, you know, throwaways. And there just doesn't appear to be any sort of direction moving forward. So Mark Shapiro and uh, Ross Atkins, the, the look that they have going, you know, moving this team forward just doesn't seem to be 
any real like positive for the fan. Now, we do know that Bichette and Guerrero and the Miners are close for it, and Alford looks like he's ready to step up also. They made a good trade for Hernandez last year, and it looks like he'll probably finish the year with the Jays, I would bet. But you've got a lot of untried positions, and to me, for them to keep stepping forward and saying things are positive, this team's going to be competitive, when you have a problem at backup catcher with a 146 batting average, just won't cut it. You have a very vulnerable guy at second base who gets hurt a lot, and the backup is an untried minor leaguer. Shortstop, well, Tulowitzki's a story all in himself. I mean, this guy gets hurt last July. He shows up in spring training, and all of a sudden, bone spurs that he knew about are now coming to an issue where he's going to have an operation. And then it just goes on from there. You know, you've got, you know, hoping you can turn the clock back in Granderson in left, field, left field. Um, Pierce is okay. Center field, you're okay. And right field, you're trying a guy who, you know, he hit 22 home runs last year, but can he play regular every day? So, I mean, all these holes, and again, they just keep saying to the fans that this is a, a competitive team. And again, there's no direction. And as I've said in my blog, I said maybe you should get a tutorial in Shanaplan. Anyways, uh, I want, I, uh, Naz, I'd like to react to that, but I want to get uh, so, I get Lou involved in the show. Then I want to come back to you, Naz. The only thing that bothers me about this uh, this whole thing is Hernandez should be should be playing. Absolutely. He has deserved to play. He he was great in September, great in spring training, great. and he's a great bat. So why not play him? If you have to release Pierce, release him. Make the best play. Lou. I know. I know that you. Uh, before we get into uh, uh, how you're going to break down the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, um, in words that you can say on the air, uh, <laughs> I know that you're 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 very very critical normally of the Jays and uh, um, and uh, let's your assessment um, to be fair of how, what you expect from the Jays this year. Well, to think that you know you know. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a big Yankee fan. The thing with the Yankees, they always try to go out and get the best possible players to make them win. To win in New York, you have to put you have to pay pay for players. And what I'm seeing with the with the Jays now is they're they're picking up any scrap. You know, it's more or less you you look at Grychuk out in right field. You look at Granderson. Hernandez had a great. Great uh, September when they made the trade with Houston. All of a sudden, he's down in the minors. Biagini. If it wasn't for Biagini the last couple of years in the bullpen, I don't know what their record would have been. So he's down in the minors. Now, maybe they have a plan that, you know, they're going to bring these guys down. Uh, da- they're going to send them down, and then they're going to give these kids like uh, Clippard and uh, the kid there at, at shortstop, uh, Niopi, uh, a chance to see if they can produce in the first month. That's fine. But what I'm looking at right now is I really feel sorry for the fans is that they really haven't gone out of way to, to put a half-decent product on the field. And they're, and they're still charging big bucks. They're going to keep charging the big bucks. And most of the other teams, like the Yankees, Baltimore, and all the big teams, are charging premium prices for the tickets. Naz, I want to ask you, um, you, you are, you're a keen observer of, of the Jays, probably a better one than I am. Um, Shapiro and, and Atkins took over. We were talking, is this their third year? Win the third this year. Is their third you know, year. Anthopolis, uh, and, I, I, uh, and, and let's analyze what Anthopolis left here. The criticism of Alex was that he had uh, you know, drained the farm system to, to bring in a couple of, uh, uh, to, to make that run for two years. And then Shapiro and Atkins came in, and we're trying to, we're trying to, and uh, trying to figure out what the plan is here, and um, uh, to be fair to them, when 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 Shapiro and Atkins took over, the you know the the Jays are one of the oldest teams in the league. Uh, 
their average age now is like 28.1. And they had Bautista, who was at the tail end. They had Encarnacion. The two big keys uh, on that team were Bautista. And, but they, you know, they seem to be past their primary. Certainly Encarnacion is somewhere else right now. Um, are we just going through a retooling phase? Is, definitely and, is, it, is it unrealistic to assume that they could have continued with that team and kept it at that level or that they needed to tear it apart and, and, and put, uh, put some young guys in? And unfortunately, these young guys may still be a couple of years away. The young guys are probably a year away, I would think, uh, Guerrero and uh, Bichette. But uh, Anthopoulos, we talked about this, and we interviewed Alex. He didn't. He didn't leave the cupboard bare. He gave him two super potential superstars in Bichette and uh, Guerrero. So how could he leave the cupboard bare? I had this. I mean, Mike, you and I had this conversation. We're trying to, and, and you know, and Steve Simmons makes the point in the Toronto Sun this morning: is uh, what what great move has have, have Shapiro and Atkins made since they since they've got here, and, and nobody can really think of one. Uh, and I know you're critical. Aside from the off, uh, I, I can think of one. They, go ahead. They let Batista go. Okay. <laughs> well, it was good. You know what? So maybe it may have been the smartest move they made, not signing him uh, for twenty-five million dollars a year for five yeah, years bring, or whatever. They bring Granderson, and he's the same age as Batista. Yeah, but he's Granderson's on what? A one or two year? How many years? One year at seven, eight, six, six million. Yeah, that's you know that you mean Batista wanted twenty five million and you know and if I was him or his agent I'd still be shaking my head for not taking that money. I you know, the reality is he probably left a hundred million dollars on the table. Well the only he should, guy, he should whatever they offered him, twenty two million, twenty million for five years. Man, why he didn't take that money is absolutely beyond me. But Mike, I want to go back to a point uh you made. Aside from the moves they've made with respect to the on-field product, and you know this is something uh, uh, Naz and I chatted about on the show, uh, but not to the extent that you've been critical. Um, they made you know the legacy of, of of Shapiro at this point in time is he he got rid of a whole bunch of uh, uh, a whole slew of good, hardworking people who had devoted their lives to the Toronto Blue Jays organization, and he fired, he let 30 of them go. Um, tell us a little bit about that story. Well, the thing about it is, is that here you've got a guy coming in a very contentious situation with Alex Anthopoulos, who was a real fan favorite here, and a Canadian on top of all of that. You come in, and all of a sudden, you've got a ball club that's in decline. And by the way, I'd like to just add that everybody talks about Alex Anthopoulos leaving the cupboard bare. Remember when he took that ball club over, uh, Rich uh, J.P. Riccardi had three pro scouts. For had the nobody. Blue Jays. Yeah. They had no scouting. Alex Anthopoulos revamped the whole scouting situa- situation, or whole uh, you know cross checking and all that, and took six months to put that in place. He put himself in position by acquiring players to make those trades in 2015 to make the Jays competitive again. And he brought all these young players that are now reaping the benefits that the Jays are going to see because of Alex. So Shapiro, they come in and they see this, and he was critical of Alex right off the bat, which was a bad <laughs> mistake on his part. And secondly, they start firing long-term, hard-working employees that have been dedicated to this ball club through the bad times, never mind the good times, when you've got a declining assets on the field, and yet the fans are seeing us. So you're not endearing yourself to the fan base by making moves like that. And I can tell you, ours, you know, Deb and I had tickets for nine years, and we went through the bad times. And we watched that ball club. We used to go to 50 games a year. And after what we saw, and we see 
see no vision. There's no visibility moving forward. And then management raises ticket prices 17%, saying, suggesting that they want to remain competitive with the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and also retain their own players. But we don't see that. We see them firing back office people and signing minor league players to fill holes in the lineup. So what we did was we didn't take our tickets as a result of that. And do you know that not one person called to ask us why we didn't retain our tickets? Yeah, well, one of the criticisms of, of the Toronto Blue Jays organization is, is and, you know, just um, you've had firsthand experience. You know, uh, there, there's this, almost a certain level of arrogance yeah. to this organization. Like back um, in the 90s. Um, I, I just can't put my finger on it. They've, you know what they, you know, they didn't have a great season last year. They increased ticket prices, attendance has gone down. Uh, to be frank, we've never found them all that cooperative. When whenever we've contacted their front office and asked them to uh, if we could interview some of the players or some of the management, um, they sort of they've sort of brushed us off over the years. Uh, really, never given us the time of day. Um, so. Uh, you know, well, uh, Wally, let me add one point to you here. Just, this is going to be a little bit shocking, and yeah. I hate to say this it's loose sitting to the right yeah. of me because this <laughs> is going to make his case. But do you know, now here he wants to remain competitive by increasing ticket prices by 17%. You know the Blue Jays on a 25-man roster that they have today have a higher payroll than the Yankees? The Jays come in at 140 million, and the Yankees are 135. I wouldn't have known that, and I'm shocked. That's With the true. disability pay. With the disability pay yeah. that they're making and the bad contracts like that stiff to Lewitsky, it gets up to 161 for the Jays and 165 for the Yankees. But for the 25-man roster, the Yankees actually have a less payroll than the Jays. Let's uh, let's talk about the Yankees. Don't, don't, that won't last long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because Judge and, and all these guys, Sanchez, they're all because they're young guys. Yeah, they're young guys, yeah. But uh, well. Lou, let's uh, let's let's uh, bring uh, let's let's uh, bring the Bronx Bombers into this debate. Um, you know. Um, a couple of years ago, when we first started coming on the show, we were able to take shots at you because the you know the Jays were pummeling the the Yankees at that time, and it's amazing in, in two years how the directions of the two teams have gone totally di- in different directions. Um, you know the the Yankees had a great run in the playoffs last year. Uh, they you know they uh, uh, got they fell behind and they almost they almost uh, took the Astros out. Um, how are the how are the Yankees able to turn it around so quickly? Uh, patience, I think, with, with the young kids. Um, deals, I think. Chapman and uh, um, can't even think of the guy's name now. They got they traded to Cleveland. They they re they restocked their farm team because they didn't really have much in their farm team. Uh, the kids like Aaron Judge uh, has played great. Sanchez has come out of nowhere. Uh, the D. Gregorius coming over from Arizona has been a blessing. You know, 25 home runs from the left-handed, from a left-handed bat. Uh, obviously, they had Greg Bird in the lineup, and he's he's injured. Severino's finally uh, pitching the way he can. Uh, they signed Tanaka as a free agent. Sabathius seems like he's got one last shot at at winning a championship here. Uh, Gardner's uh, I don't know. You know, Gardner's just playing unbelievable last year. But again, it's last year was last year. Now we we got to see if Aaron Judge and Sanchez can put these years together with with Stanton in the lineup. They went out and they got great two great fillings in Nico, uh, Neil Walker and uh, and Drury from Arizona and uh, and Walker was a free agent. These are small little guys that they know what their role is. They just plug them in, and then as long as you get uh, the guys in the right order, and even if they 
even if they play it at an average, you're, you're looking at probably 35, 40 home runs from Stanton. You're going to look at probably 35, 40 to, from Judge. And then the other guys, all they got to do is just chip in here and there with, with a home run. Uh, and But again, it's going to come down to pitching yesterday. It's it's just one of those things. If you don't have pitching, they got probably one of the deepest bullpens in Major League Baseball, but their starters are, are going to be questionable. You know, Sabathia didn't have the greatest outing last night. Uh, Batonza is, was was Batonza. So you don't know what you're going to get from from day to day with him. Um, so, but again, going back to your question, I think the biggest thing that they did last year they knew what their window was. They went out and they made the trades. They traded their young prospects that they got in deals. For uh, for Andrews and uh, oh Andrew Miller, and uh, and Chapman, they re-signed Chapman. They brought Robertson back from Chicago. They got Caney. So it, it's just small little deals like that, uh, and they're letting the fans know that that they're in it for the long run. And as uh, as Mike was saying, their payroll is one of the lowest because we know that they're going to open up the pocketbooks next year for either Bryce Harper, Machado, or even another uh, Matt Harvey or a first-string uh, pitcher. Naz, last year the Jays uh, uh, wasn't a great season for them, and they got off to an abysmal start. Um, Donaldson was hurt; um, seems to be hurt again this year. Uh, he's playing, but you know somehow he's come up with a dead arm. So hopefully, hopefully that'll come around. Uh, Tulowitzki, whatever. Um, Seventy-six and eighty-six last year. Uh, you called a couple of weeks ago. You called for the Jays to grab the second wild card, compete for the second. Compete for the second wild card. Uh, I stand corrected because of their pitching. Exactly. Still think that. And for the Jays to do that, um, you you got to be pushing uh, somewhere between I would guess eighty five and ninety one wins, mm-hmm. um, which is probably ten to twelve more than they had last year. Where are the Jays going to find these ten to twelve well, wins? Sanchez, based up, based Sanchez on last didn't play last year at all. Yeah. Uh, a, their, big, their big starter did not play. So you, very much. you're pinning this all on one guy? No, their their whole pitching staff. Their Hap was hurt too. Like Hap is going to be okay. The fifth starter is as good as any in Garcia. And they had a problem there. And Estrada will be better this year. And Estrada is much better. You saw it yesterday. But he's a year older. Both of them are a year older. And you don't know what's going to with Strowman. But that's got to be, you know what, I think uh, I'll agree with Naz in this perspective is the only roadmap for the Jays to go to the playoffs is, is, is their starting pitching. Absolutely. And, and they, can't, they can't afford any injuries in, 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 in their starters. And, you know, Sanchez, Strowman, Hap. Uh, Estrada, I mean, they've they've got to literally, if not pitch the lights out, uh, pretty close to it. There's no, there's really not that much margin for error in well, the team, is in, there? You got to get indication this weekend already. The first two games, both starters didn't go five innings. The Jays lost. Estrada went seven innings yesterday, and they won. So it keeps them competitive. It gives them a chance to win. So that's what it's going to come down to. So I mean, you're banking on that. That's a very big risk. And how does the uh, how does the relief staff shape up, Ness? Well, it's patchwork like uh, every year, it seems, and uh, I guess we're going to see what, how the, how the uh, bullpen is. They don't look too bad so far, though. Uh, Osuna was good in the ninth yesterday, great. and as long as he pitches well in the back end, we should be okay. Just get him there. you yeah. got to get him there. As, as long as he doesn't have any depression setbacks. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's that's that's. I don't I don't want to get into that. Uh, hopefully, neither, neither uh, do I. 
Um, you know, we wish him all the best on, on those issues, and hopefully he's, uh, he's, uh, he's taking care of it. Anyways, uh, it's time to go to a break. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on the new M740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. And uh, live streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. Joining us in studio this morning, Lou Franceschetti and the Ultimate Leafs fan, Mike Wilson. Welcome, guys. You know what? It's great. It's a beautiful Easter day here. Uh, hopefully, I'll... Anyways, I, 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 hope you're watching, uh, I hope you're watching Friday night, Lou, the... Uh, the uh, Lady Irish are going to the national championship. I saw that. The, the Notre they, Dame. They, they knocked off U- UConn. They knocked off UConn in, yeah. in overtime. One yeah. second left. Uh, great shot. So uh, all us Notre Dame fans, we're, uh, we're looking forward to the big game today. Well, I guess uh, we might have to get together in the next uh, five, six years uh, from now and, uh, and either go to South Bend or, or Tuscaloosa to watch well, apparently the Irish and the Crimson the Tide are yeah. negotiating. A, back to back. A back well, uh, yeah, home back. and home. Uh, but I, I understand that's about 10 years away. Well, hopefully I'll be around. Well, hopefully, you. you know what? I'm going to make. We'll be the, retired. <laughs> I'm going to make the commitment. I'm going to for with Naz and and Lou and Mike here. We're going to make the commitment. We're going to be here. We're going to go 
First year to Notre Dame, second year to Tusk is Tuscaloosa, right? Tuscaloosa. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to those games. Okay? Well, I was at the last one in 2012. It didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not that world champion. Where? I was there. No, hey, yeah. if we go down to Tuscaloosa, we go down for a couple of days early. We got to get a couple of rounds of golf. Oh, we'll there. get a couple of rounds of golf. So certainly, uh, hopefully, we'll still be uh, we'll still be kicking around so we can go watch the Irish and the uh, Crimson Tide. And hopefully Notre Dame can take their program to a level where they can actually compete with the uh, with the uh, with the Crimson maybe, Tide. Maybe they'll play the women's basketball team instead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you're you're pretty desperate if you hey, if you're we'll pulling for the, the women. You know what? We're Irish. pulling you're for the women. Desperate. Mike, help me out here. Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, you better be careful what you say, Naz. You're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. No, and women's I, I, basketball is a big deal, okay? And the Lady Irish are fighting for the national championship today. Then, you so. know what? I'll go one step further. We'll send our backup group to, to Notre Dame, okay? What? Our, our, our second string. Football? Our second string. Oh, you're mean. You're a mean, mean man, Lou. Anyways, let's... Uh, let's Turn uh, off his mic. <laughs> Anyways, Toronto Maple Leafs, we're, uh, we're, uh, the playoffs are within sight. Uh, although uh, we, uh, for, the, for a couple of months, we thought it would be the Boston Bruins. Um, may now be uh, looking more like it might be Tampa. Um, so we're, we're down to, they were calling it the Battle of Canada last night, Toronto and Winnipeg. Uh, Leafs didn't get the result that they would have liked. Uh, they seemed, uh, you know, it's. Uh, they made a big deal out of this game. Was it, was it an important game at all, guys? Toronto, Winnipeg. Why, why was it an important game? Well, there, there are certain statement games during a season that you want to see if your team is up to snuff. And, you know, the Leafs have had a great year. Let's not take that away from them. But there have been a few games where... Uh, they haven't answered the bell, and then they've come back and they have answered the bell against teams like Tampa uh, but, and, but Luke, and Pittsburgh. Luke, Luke, but Luke, now, hold come on, on here. Come on. To, to survive in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, yes. you got to play like Winnipeg. Okay? you got to come out and you, you got to take the body, and I just don't think that they were ready for that physical uh, part of the game last night. Uh, and, and I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you in the sense that playoff hockey is going to be a lot more intense and a lot more physical. Uh, but I, I can't see that last night's game is a statement game. It's it's a game. The Leafs basically have really nothing to play for right now. They don't. Uh, they're they're not going anywhere in the standings. Uh, they had a they, it was their fifth game in eight days. They had a game against the on uh, I guess they play in Brooklyn nowadays. Uh, the night before, they come home. It's Winnipeg. Everybody's making a big deal out of it because the only two Canadian teams that are going to be the playoffs. We're going to settle the best team in Canada last night. Really? No. Really? I, think, I think last night was not a statement game. It was a reminder game. The play of the game last night was when Wheeler charged the net with McElhaney and Sheffley came in and banged it. It was a total accident. You can see he was just going too fast. It should have been called for goaltender interference. It wasn't. The Leafs lost a little bit of composure. Gardner ran Sheffield behind the net slightly and pushed him face first into the boards and got a penalty, and they scored two goals in a minute and 30 seconds or whatever it is. I think the reminder for the Leafs last night is things are going to go up a couple notches as you get into the playoffs, and the reminder is is that you're going to have to put the adversity aside. These are the type of things you're going to have to deal with moving forward, and you're going to have to move on and just put it, check it back in your back pocket and move forward. They didn't last night and I lost the game 3-1. I want to follow up on a point good you point, made, which, which I think was a good point, yeah. is the physicality aspect 
of of the of the playoffs. And um, you know the Leafs, you know they're skilled, highly skilled, no question. Um, are they are they big and tough enough? No, and that's why I think with Tampa slotting down into the second hole. They're going to have a lot better chance of beating Tampa because Tampa's a little bit more like they are. They're very highly skilled. Now, if you can, you know, you got Stamkos, you got Kucherov, you got Headman on the D, you got uh, you got Velasovsky uh, in net. They're going to be a lot better matchup than the Boston Bruins are because the Boston Bruins are going to come with you with everything they got, and you know they play Boston Bruin hockey. Nas, uh, Tampa. Let's say they get Tampa in the first round. Uh, another highly skilled team. Mm-hmm. Probably not the most physical team in the NHL. No. Uh, we talk about, you know, we talk about having to have tough physical players. And once you play devil's advocate to, to Lou, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup the last two years in a row. Yeah. Um, are they are they tough and physical? They don't play that style, but they don't have to because they have two of the best centers going back to back. It's really hard to cover both. Can, and can the Leafs get by on having? Uh, I mean, I'll Lu- tell you how the Leafs beat them. And uh, the one thing that the Leafs have, their power play is deadly. And if the if a team takes too many penalties against the Leafs, the Leafs will beat them. Uh, let's look at it from perhaps a different perspective. Uh, obviously, you know, if you got Sidney Crosby. And 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 Gino Malkin, you know, you you got a head start. Uh, Don't forget about Kessel and and Kessel as well. No question, Kessel fills a whole uh, fills uh, slots himself into that team very well because of his skill level. Especially when you're coming, especially were they playing him on the third and fourth line last year? Uh, second way, he wasn't he wasn't playing on the first line. And uh, um, but let's look at it from a different perspective. Um, People have looked at the Toronto Maple Leafs this year and have suggested, and I like everybody's comments on this, have suggested that uh, through four lines, they may be the they may have the best well-rounded top twelve forwards in the league, top thirteen forwards, and they can come at you um, with four lines. Um, tell us how that makes a difference in the playoffs. Well, what it does is you can't match up any line now. You know, you, you got Kadri, who's had a great year. You can match him up against the top line on the other team. The other teams can't match up against Bozak. They can't match up against Kadri, who's got 33 goals. And you can't match up against uh, Austin Matthews. So what it does, it gives you a lot of flexibility that you don't have to worry about what, uh, about the other team's top line. And getting back to, the, back to the physicality, anybody can play physical hockey. You don't have to be big. You just got to try to... Uh, hit somebody, and in a long series, it's going to wear them down. So, you know, it, because Winnipeg is big and strong, that doesn't mean nothing. Uh, Nashville is not as big as uh, as Winnipeg is, but they're physical. We all we all we want to do as fans go out and 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 send a statement, guys. We're talented, but we can play your style. You're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two years ago, the Washington Capitals tried to run them out of the building because they were bigger and stronger. They had a greater, uh, and they had more points, I think, than won their President's Cup uh, during the season. But the Pittsburgh Penguins said, fine, you bring everything you got, you're going to have to catch us, right? And the, 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 why can't the Leafs use the same strategy? Well, they can, but, they also, but the Pittsburgh Penguins were also physical at certain times of the game. You go to a game now, you're lucky to get five hits in, in the whole game. 
you have to you have to send a little bit of a message yeah. to their D that once you touch the puck, you're going to be rubbed off in some way, shape, or form. You don't have to be run through the boards. Just be rubbed off. Let them know that they're going to that they're in this game. Like there's no body contact whatsoever. Uh, Mike, uh, yeah. I, I I see. You know, I, to me, last night's game with the greatest respect for for Lou and for some of the other con- other commentators. To me, it was virtually a meaningless game. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't think the Leafs had I didn't think the Leafs had much legs last night. They they didn't have much jump. I I see a Leaf team coming out in the in the first period of the first playoff game, and they're just going to be like hornets all over the ice. Well, and 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 you know what? Uh, through four lines. I think they I think they're a really tough team to match up against and tough physical. Yeah, that's great. But in today's NHL, you got to catch them. And you can't hold them, you can't hook them. You, you to hit somebody, you got to catch them. Um what's your assessment? Well, I mean the, th- the thing about it is is that the game is pretty simple. You got to keep the puck out of your net, don't let your guys score and you'll win the game. Now, how you get there is, is, is the whole complex and it makes it difficult. So to win in the Stanley Cup, first off, you have to have great goaltending. So that, that's a given. And no team's won a Stanley Cup without great goaltending. The second thing is, is that your best players have to outplay the other team's best players. And that's a given. Where the cards switch or flip over to the winning team is how that third, that bottom six play. And I think if the Toronto Maple Leafs do get extended or they get into a playoff run, their bottom six are probably the best in the National Hockey League. And I think if those guys outperform the other bottom six, that'll be the difference. Winnipeg is pretty close to, to them. Oh, they're a good yeah. club too. But I, listen, they got to get out of this division first. Never mind. Yeah, that's a hard final. You know, <laughs> Winnipeg could face L.A. first, right? You know, they're, they're, oh. if, 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 you sh- if, you look at the, if you look at the matchups this year in the playoffs, um, literally anybody can win the Stanley Cup. 16th seed got to the final last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and this is this is a conversation uh, I want to get into. Um, um, there isn't, I don't think there's, there isn't one team that's going to make the playoffs that you can say there's no way they can win the Stanley Cup. They every single team, depending on how the matchups go, depending on whether they get a hot goalie, we, depending on whether they get a break at the right time, depending on who gets injured, um, all all those little little factors that can change a series or change a game. There isn't there isn't one team here that I don't think can win the Stanley Cup. Literally, uh, I mean, look what Vegas has done. But you know Vegas is at an incredible season, but they may be lucky to get past the first round, depending on who they play. There, every team seems to have something going for them. Um, so there's certainly a roadmap. There's a pathway for every single team that makes the playoffs to somehow make their way through. And I guess it all comes starts. From the back end, doesn't it, Ness? It all starts from your goalie, doesn't it? The goalie's the most important part of it. If he doesn't play well, you're dead anyway. Right? It doesn't matter how good your team is. The criticism of this Leaf team, if if you want to make, I mean, the strength is balance. Uh, through one through thirteen, one through fourteen, they've got, you know, if a couple of forwards go down, uh, other than like the really skilled one, the really key ones like. Like um, you know, Marner and Matthews and Nylander and Kadri and JVR and I mean, you keep going. Um, but you know, if you get a couple of guys go down, there there's there's two or three guys who can step in, 
and the Leafs have, haven't been in that position well, in a long, long time. Dermot, Dermot's hurt. They say the x-rays are negative. I'm not so sure. Yeah, but I wanted to get to that point. Uh, up front, we seem to be, uh, we seem to be uh, good enough. Uh, in goal, if Anderson's playing his game, we're good enough. Naz, are we good enough on defense? And I'll, after, after Naz, I want to throw it to you guys. I mean, if the Pittsburgh Penguins can win with their defense and win the Stanley Cup, I guess the Leafs are good enough. Yeah. Lou? Pittsburgh Penguins last year won, as an, won, won it with an American Hockey League defense. Uh, proper system. Uh, you better get the right matchups, the right how draws. Early, you know what? How were, how were, you know, the, the Tang wasn't even in the playoffs last no, year, was he? No, he was the year before. He was the year before, year. but last year. Um, other than Hainsey, <laughs> who played, he was playing 19, 20 minutes a game for, for the da- Penguins. Daily. Uh, Trevor Daly. Yeah. Uh, you know, they managed, they managed to win the Stanley Cup. How? Well, you got two guys up is that, front. Is that is that a comment on on the way the game is played nowadays? No, it, it, it's uh, it's common in the sense that a team has uh, you you got a you got a system. You got a uh, uh, it comes down to listening in the so called boardroom uh, and, and keeping everybody else out. It, you know, they did a great job against the Washington Capitals. They eliminated uh, Ovechkin and, and Backstrom. Uh, they got into. Um, Oh, I can't even remember the goalie's name now. Uh, Ho- Hopi's uh, oh, face. Hopi. Hopi didn't have the greatest series uh, uh, in the world. And I really thought the Leafs should have beat Washington last year the way they played. So that would have been a, a tougher matchup for the Pittsburgh Penguins than the Washington Capitals were because Yovi was looking forward to going over to the World Championships. And he always is every single year. But it, again, it, it's, uh, it's a system that you put in. And if the guys buy into it to a T, uh, you can have great success and. Nashville proved it last year by being the 16th seed. Uh, LA did it a couple of years ago when they uh, were one of the wild card teams, and they've I think they won two Stanley Cups with being a wild card team. Uh, it, it all it, it all comes down to matchups. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be a, a lot better matchup for uh, for the Leafs because they have they have skill, they got speed, and the Leafs have that to match. They're going to have a tougher time against the Boston Bruins. But now we're going to have a look at Boston. Boston might end up playing Columbus or Philadelphia. Um, with uh, no, no, sorry, they're going to play probably New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey, <laughs> and New Jersey is playing well. Yeah, so tough, we'll, tough. we'll find out Thursday or Friday when the Leafs play you know Jersey. Because I've there, never there's no, there's no there's no go ahead. Nancy. Let's look at what happened in the NHL this year to compare it to last year. Chicago Blackhawks were first in the West. They didn't Got even swept. Nashville sixteenth <laughs> in the West. Take a look at those two teams now. Could you have envisioned Chicago? They weren't 16th. They had the the final playoffs. Okay, they were 8th. And Chicago only scored two goals in the whole series. But Chicago was in first place, and they didn't even make the playoffs this year. So it's very tight in the NHL. Anything can happen. Well, there's, there's, you know, there's, uh, it's called um, parity. Parity, you know. you, You get an expansion team that comes in. And and they finish first. You know, you know they're one of the top four point teams and top three in the in the entire league. Look at the they win their division, um, and and they've been and they kept it going all year long. Well, look at the points differential between the first and seventh place team. It's minimal, and just speaks to the depth of the National Hockey League. That's why it's the best professional sports league in North America, bar none, for parity. So that's why anybody can win. That's why it makes it so exciting. But to the point for the Leafs. 
Pittsburgh last year, if you take a look at their forwards, they're small. And they got some soft players on the boards. What they did was they carried out their assignments. They came back and did their job. The belief's weakness, I think, in Rowan and, and with their defensemen is they do panic sometimes, and that's the one their Achilles heel would be that when they get caught and get running around. they got to learn either eat the puck, get it out and trust their sentiment to win the face-offs, or they have to have their forwards are going to have to come back. And if they do that and they get the puck out of their own end and stop that, like you saw when they got hemmed in by Winnipeg last night, that's when it, disaster struck. But if they can address that, and that's a big thing, then they're going to be real competitive and they're going to be a handful for whoever they play. The least, uh, I want to talk about John Tavares a bit because I've been thinking about Tavares and I've been thinking about Malkin Crosby. Wouldn't it be nice if it was Matthews and Tavares? Yeah, well, could they, could they, they sign them? Can't afford them. They can't afford them. Can't afford them. Not so sure. They have no room. Not, 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 not at anywhere from eight to ten million dollars. They can't afford them. If he comes for one year, he can. But he ain't come for one year. Same no, there's no chance. He's, he's, uh, how old's Tavares now? He's 20, 27. Yeah, well, so if he's, Canadian Tire is willing to put up a deal for Stamkos as part of it, why can't they put up a deal for Tavares? Yeah, but Stamkos is still going to get his nine ten million. <laughs> yeah, so will Tavares in, in yeah, somewhere. somewhere else. T- Tavares, is, Tavares will get... Um, you got to think he's a $10 million man oh, in yeah. today's NHL. Well, with, it, with the year at, that he's at, at his age? On that team? He 27 looks, years he old. So he, he's he's, right he's going to go max term. Um, so what, what, uh, it's it, it's seven years. Is that the max Eight. term? Eight if you're Eight. signed by your existing team. It's yep. seven if you're signed by That's somebody. why there's, okay. a, there's a lot of rumors out there that some, okay. some of the players will, are going to sign and trade. They're going to sign for the eight-year term and, and then and trade them. So you're looking at, i, I got to believe that Tavares is at is it $10 million yeah. in today's NHL. He has to be. Well, somebody's gonna 10 to $11 million. Well, the Islanders, if the Islanders let him go, they're crazy. They're well, I don't, I don't think the Islanders, I don't think, they, they, I don't think, I don't think gonna they're going to let him go. The issue is whether he wants to resign or not. Well, I think the biggest issue with him was the home and the, the rink. And now that there's been established this new site. Well, they're going Long back Island, to Long Island, aren't they? And they're going to build that big complex because he didn't like, yeah. didn't like the Barclays. But now that that's established, they probably have a better chance of signing him, so I'm told. Yeah, it's there. There's very, very, very few examples in the NHL that a star in the prime of his career has, in free agency, gone somewhere else. The only one I can think of is the Dano Chara, and that was because Ottawa and uh, they signed yeah. the wrong guy. Yeah, because yeah. they signed yeah. the wrong guy. Yeah. They signed. They had a choice. They, yeah. they were going to throw big money at yeah. Redden, or they're going to throw big money at Chara, and they threw it at the wrong guy. Yeah, but again, Molly. But other other they, than that, give me an example no, of a, they're, of they're a really, player in the prime of his really career. There really isn't, but in this era yeah. of of uh, of salary cap, there's a window of opportunity for uh, maybe two years for every single team because Chicago has proved it that they win a Stanley Cup and they're loaded and they have to get rid of players because everybody wants top dollar. So that strips them down for a year or two and then they come back and win it again. Pittsburgh's done a great job because Malkin and, and, and Sydney are way underpaid. Yeah, they and, are. and they've been able to fill in pieces at the price that they could get them at because they get a chance to play with on a Stanley Cup team. Uh, you know, it, It's just like even with the Jays. Their window of opportunity was two years ago. You have a very small window because you know you might lose some players, and some players with the years that they're having are are going to ask for top dollar like Batista was. And then you bring in uh, Tulowitzki and you bring in Price. Price is only here for a year. Tulowitzki's on a, on the downside of his career. Uh, Russell has maybe a month, six weeks of good baseball every single year that that keep his stats up to to standards up to the eighteen million dollars that he's making. So it it really is. 
you, you've got to take advantage of the of the chance that you have when you have it because the following year everybody else gets the chance to restock and you don't know whether you're going to come up again and Chicago's a prime example this year from being one of the top teams in the league last year and, and this year at the bottom anyways hold that thought we've got to go to break we'll be right back it was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on the new AM740. Uh, joining us, uh, joining Naz and I in studio this morning, Lou Franceschetti and Mike Wilson. How you doing, guys? Great, Lou. You're always heated during the breaks. I notice you're always heated. You got a lot of 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 anger and passion inside. No, you know what? It's professional sports are are meant to be played a special way, and that is hard, uh, hard nosed, and put everything in. When you get out of the game, then you can enjoy it. And and so you're saying that because why? (laughs) Because because that's the way I play the game. And you're suggesting perhaps somebody doesn't play the game that way? I don't, I don't think certain teams in the National Hockey League, maybe in the National Hockey League altogether and, and all sports in general, are are in it for the right... Well, not necessarily they're in it for the right reason. Because they're in it for all, money, Lou. Well, that's the Wally, whole thing. You know, and they're, they're and, in and it for money. And they're in it for okay. it to see be seen. And there's seen. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong it's with the living. money. Okay, it's a you're, business. You're, you're right. They're entitled... Professional athletes are entitled to make every last dime they can squeeze out of an owner. You're right. Don't ever forget the, that. Because the owners will try to squeeze every ass. Because the owners uh, are uh, trying to squeeze every last dime out of us. That's right. 
Case in point, the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, that's it's a you, business. You know what riles Louis the most? Every time you bring up the name Bautista, <laughs> it seems like he gets upset all the time. Yeah, don't don't get him going because you know I, I'm oh, a little bit worried what he, what he might say, and uh, we better, no, better stay hey, away from Batista's that. Batista's in a good place right now. He's counting his dollars <laughs> in the Dominican. Oh, you're so mean. Okay, 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 and that's where he should be. You know what? He was. You know what? He be, was a great to, player. He, to be fair, to, yep. uh, let's be fair, Lou. Uh, he had a great run in Toronto. Yes. Uh, he brought a lot of great memories to this city. Uh, for most of his tenure here, uh, he was worth every dime they paid him. 50 home runs one season. Uh, tremendous uh, playoff performance. I know you have you have a little bit of difficulty with certain aspects of uh, of his reign here in Toronto. His but, attitude. Uh, that's the, that's, the only, okay, that's the only enough. thing I didn't fair like. Okay, the only thing I didn't like. You know, but let, let's be fair to his accomplishments as well. Oh. I'll okay. give him. I'll give him all the accolades he deserves. He deserves to be on the Wall of Fame there. Um, Absolutely, he at, does. Uh, uh, at, at let's let's have the debate. Let's have. The, not, the, is he not one of the greatest Toronto Blue Jays absolutely. in history? But, but the problem with Jose Batista is with most of these athletes, and you see it a lot with basketball players. These guys forget where they came from. When he came to the Toronto Blue Jays, along with he Edward, was nothing. He was brutal. Yeah. He was batting like 200, no home runs. He was, I remember we were going to games at the time. He was striking out every time he came up to bat. As a matter of fact, it was a J.P. Riccardi pickup because it was almost money ball. He could get on base came with Watson Pittsburgh, stuff. didn't he? Was it Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, but then he hits the 54 home runs. Alex Antopoulos gives him the big five-year contract. Yeah, and he went remember, to his head. Remember, Alex took huge heat for giving a one-year wonder, possibly, another Brady Anderson, this big ticket. Well, at the end of that term, all of a sudden, Jose's talking about, you know, you got a hometown discount with me. There's none of that coming again. You got me cheap the last five years. And he's going on and on and on. Remember the spring training yeah. a couple years ago? I want yeah. five years at 25. Don't <laughs> even talk to me. Like, this guy forgot 2009 when he came here. And, he le- and, then, uh, and his play went downhill ever since, and that's not a coincidence. And, that, and he left a lot of money on the table. He sure did. You know, he was, what, 35, Nas, 35, 36 years old. I think the Jays... We're offering him twenty million, twenty-two million for three, no, four, five years. Uh, I he was asking twenty-five. He wanted 30. twenty-five. Yeah, he wanted twenty-five. Yeah. I I got to assume the he Jays couldn't were... get eighteen, and they gave him eighteen, and he still complained. Nobody yeah. offered him anything. Yeah, he should have taken. And he got the minimum eighteen. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Uh, he, he's, uh, he's kind of missed him in the batting order the first couple of days. I was looking for Batista yes, to right. come up, right? And it didn't seem right, him not being in the lineup. Anyways, we got I, know to... he's, I know he's done, Billy, but... <laughs> well, somebody just... might pick him up. You never know on a one-year Tampa deal. Tampa or Atlanta, that's no. what I'm hearing. You know, somebody may need some hitting help. Or uh, I know he's not the most beloved guy around the uh, around Major League Baseball, but and he I, used to I, be. I, got, I gotta think. I gotta think on you know if he really wants to play. That at some point, somebody might have a spot in the lineup for him for for a year a year deal on five six million bucks. He's not going to play for five or six million dollars. Well, then crazy? stay home. Then you know he's got to prove himself again. He's got to prove himself. Anyways, we've got a few minutes left. There's there's uh, something I, 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 I want to chat about uh, because it is an incredibly significant accomplishment. And, and it, it may be, it may be, I'll throw it open to you guys, the most significant accomplishment ever made by a Canadian athlete in history. I'm talking about Steve Nash being voted to the Basketball Hall of Fame, Steve Nash winning two MVP awards in the NBA. Um, I I think there's no question he's in the discussion, and you'd have to you'd have to have that debate of the greatest Canadian male athlete in history. 
I'd uh, I'd have a tough time. The only the only the only ones I would consider putting ahead of him are Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr, and that's about where my list probably ends. But Steve Nash's accomplishments on a global scale, uh, a little kid from Victoria, British Columbia, becomes the greatest basketball player on the planet for two years in a game that is played worldwide uh, in every country in the world, in a game that's completely and utterly dominated by Americans. Um, I can't say Gretzky and Orr have that sense of accomplishment. Guys? Well, I mean, I think if you look at it, he was originally, they were trying to recruit him to go to Simon Fraser. And I think when he's being recruited, they said, if you can go play Division One ball, go do that, because that's a better opportunity for you. So he went to Santa Clara. They made some good runs there in the, in the March Madness. He went to the NBA. He made it. It was a first-round draft pick. And he just got better and better and better. But I think his greatest accomplishment would be the fact he put Canada on the basketball map, only not only from his play, but internationally, because of the strides they made from Canada's national team. Remember, they, went, they made some strides in some big tournaments. Now, as far as one of the greatest accomplishments ever, you can't ignore Mike Weir also winning the Masters. That would probably be in the same boat as what um, you know, Steve has done. Except with Mike Weir, and, and I agree with you. I, I was thinking that too. Mike Weir, it's one day. Well, it was four days. Four oh, days. it was four days. Sorry, why don't we it's bring, four days. Oh, this is good because why? Why don't we bring up another name, Joey Votto? No, no. There's uh, again. Well, 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 then you're then, then you're getting at everybody. You need to can yeah. talk about Walker well, too. I mean, MVP? no, but that's a legitimate MVP? discussion. Yeah. It's MVP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, legitimate discussion. Uh, Joey Votto. Um, the interesting thing about Steve Nash, he's now only the um, third Canadian. In the uh, in the NBA Hall of Fame, uh, in the Basketball Hall of Fame, the, of course, the, the first one is Dr. James Naismith, uh, and the other one, and the other gentleman wasn't a player; he was a builder of some kind. Um, uh, Canadians have generally been, up until the last ten years, generally have been much more successful at baseball, and and just because baseball has been part of our Canadian sporting culture, I think, for a lot longer than basketball has. Uh, but no, Nash, you raise a legitimate. Uh, Votto's got to be in that discussion. Ferguson Jenkins has to be in that discussion. Larry Walker has to be in that discussion. Of course, all the great hockey players have to be in that discussion. But I, I can't. I, I, you know, we can have this debate, and we've got a minute left in the show. Uh, I, I think certainly Steve Nash is in the top three. Well, he's there, but there's other yeah. guys too, right? Yeah, I, I think there's a big gap between uh, Steve Nash and. Uh, Wayne Gretzky um, and, and Bobby Orr. The, separa- the, the thing that separates those three is that Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky won championships. Uh, Steve Nash, uh, as much as he was, he's going to get inducted this year, was put in a great system that was set for him with Mike D'Antoni. If he had been put in a slowdown type of system, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have the numbers. Yeah, but, the, but you know what, that, that's, that's, I don't know where you go with that argument, Lou, well, because, uh, you know what, D'Antoni made that system because he had an athlete that could, that, that could, that could do it. And, you know, even Nash before when he was in yeah, Dallas some, was some a co- great some player. Some coaches wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And, and the other thing about uh, Nash is, you know what, he, he uh, I won't say he revolutionized the game, but he, he not, not, not so much him, him and, 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 and John Stockton, I mean, they made, 
they made those point guards relevant again, and that they made them. They took the game away from the big men and gave the game back to the little men again. And ultimately, you know, when I when I see Stephon Curry out there, I see Steve Nash. Um, you know his ability to see. Anyways, guys, unfortunately, uh, I got to wrap it up. I know we could continue this debate. Uh, for a lot longer, uh, got twenty seconds left, Naz. I just want to say happy anniversary. Yes, yeah, uh, to all our listeners, this is our fourth anniversary show today. We started off on the air four years ago. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners. Uh, Naz and I have had a blast. We hope we do it for another four years. We'll keep it going. Uh, to our loyal sponsors at Pizzaville, Alta, and uh, Steel's Paint, thanks so much. Neil Durning, Kim, Bill Nadeau, Sebastian. Lou Franceschetti, Mike Wilson, Zoomer Radio, thanks for making it all happen. We appreciate it. Naz, last word. Yeah, thanks very much, everybody, for the four years. To everyone? Yeah, and happy Easter Happy Easter. And I wish my mother-in-law well. (laughs) She's on her way to Vegas, 85 to 90 degrees for five days. So have a good time, Terry. To everyone, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.